so you want to be a dungeon master. That's great. We're here to help. I'm Taylor. I'm Justin. And this week, we are going to be talking about the fundamentals of spellcasting. And, gang, if you like magic, then you're going to love a cold, refreshing fresca. America's <laughs> number one grapefruit citrus soda why, water. Why, God, why? I thought the joke was dead. Pause for a pause. I thought it was dead and buried. <laughs> we are going to talk about spell slots, levels of spells, rituals, concentration, and more. Get ready Everything for some tips and tricks. <laughs> but first. But first. Uh, Taylor, what's your favorite spell list my favorite spell list i'm kind of torn um as far as big bad fuck you magic you can't beat wizard i mean the wizard spell list is just the bee's knees when it comes to doing damage but uh i don't know i think i gotta say cleric man i really do yeah i think i was gonna say cleric also actually Uh i think the cleric spell list is probably my favorite spell list, which, by the way, spell lists are separated by class. So there's like a paladin spell list and a bard spell list and so on and so forth. But mm. I like cleric the most. I agree, though, that like each one has their own sort of uh, specialty. Yeah. The uh, only thing the only thing that the cleric spell list is missing is shield. If it if it had shield, it would be a perfect spell yeah. list. I think I shield is even I think shield is meant for characters who have low ACs and it's supposed to be that final ditch effort Mm-mm. to get them to a decent level. No, 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 no. Which is why it's <laughs> usually given to no, wizards no, no. and sorcerers <laughs> and weak spellcasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear you. But my soul it yearns for shield. Well, if you want shield so bad, then Gotta you should it. play I mean, I guess you got it somehow. You got shield how with Cal with the shadow, uh, the sorcerer, uh, yeah, sorcerer, yeah. Because sorcerers get a d6 mm-hmm. hit die. It makes sense that they have shield just in case. Mm-hmm. But then you couple right. it with your or tempest. You could be a cleric with 21 AC, and now it pushes it to 26. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Crazy. That's a absolutely it's, crazy. It's fun. It's, it's a lot um, of fun. So, what is your favorite caster to play then? Dude, yeah. cleric, man. Clerics are the bomb. They're the bee's knees. I do like... Because uh, you just have so much versatility. Like, if you're facing something with low AC, you've got really good, like, cantrip spells that you can do. Um, but also, like, um, pretty decent damage givers, too. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to think of like a spiritual weapon and stuff like that. But then also if they have high AC, well then you just go after their ability scores. Then you start making them roll saving throws. Yeah. So you just kind of, and then all also you get cure wounds, which is the best healing spell in the game. I think unless, I mean, cause it just scales so well. Cure wounds. You get it at first level. Yeah, cure wounds. You get it at first level, and then you know. I'm a, I'm a healing word kind really, of guy, but I hear you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, healing word does has have its benefits, right? Because you can. I like the distance. You can do the distance thing, yeah, and bonus action. Mm-hmm. But when you pair it with the cleric's beacon of hope, where you do max healing for all hit dice, 
then you know you do a six level uh healing word that's 68 so fucking <laughs> oh my god I need to do you mad. walk down the street you gotta see it through <laughs> We're not leaving yeah, until I know, we do I this know. math Six, problem. <laughs> 68 is 48. Um, so 48 plus your spellcasting mods. Uh, so plus 5. So 53 health. That's it's not bad. For me, that's like three quarters of my yeah, health. It's not bad. Yeah, I think my favorite caster is a bard. I like the versatility. I like the... Even though it's a sort of... a I'm gaming the system a little bit, but I like... Uh, magical secrets and being able to dip into all the spell lists. Mm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, I like forcing myself to play control a little bit more. I feel like I, I have a tendency yeah. to during combat, like just be like, I got to put out as much damage as possible and take these motherfuckers down. <laughs> the lo- the faster they're down, the less they can do to us and mm-hmm. vice versa. And we can, they can't be a threat if they're dead. Exactly. And then I can, you can use resources for a different target if there's less targets. And it's just like, right. But then I'm like, ah, but I like the idea that these, these other spells exist. They're not all damage. Some of them are fun control area of effect, different things. And I like experimenting with different spells that maybe don't get as much love until they're used in the right way. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's like those nineties teen movies where the, <laughs> the art girl takes her glasses off and you're like, Oh my god, she's been beautiful this whole time. She's been hot the whole time, man. <laughs> Superman glasses. What the hell? <laughs> she fucking Clark Canada, dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think that. I mean, all the classes have their benefits. There's something unique about each and every one of them, and not just from a role play standpoint. But although that is pretty big, because in previous episodes we mm-hmm. talked about how like. The bard, the sorcerer, the warlock are charisma. Wizard is intelligence. Druid, cleric are wisdom. And then you have a bunch of other like half-casting kind of deals. Arcane trickster. Yeah. Certain kinds of monks that use spells. Whatever. But let's get into the nitty-gritty of spellcasting. Sure. Where do we start? Why do you like spellcasting? Why do I like spellcasting? Because it's oh god, it's there's so much stuff you can do with it, man. There's all like it's like the that uh, thing. Like there's an app for that. I don't remember. It's like a commercial or something. There's an app for that. There's a spell for that. Like if you want to unlock a door, there's a spell for that. You want to knock the door off its hinges? There's a spell for that. You want to make that guy stop moving? There's a spell for that. You just there's so much you can do. Yeah, there's definitely a an ocean of possibility when it comes to spells and what is capable. And then on top of that, I mean, when you flavor things, when you think outside the box, when you kind of like have a little fun with it and maybe start to play with the boundaries of the system, because spells can get pretty meticulous when it comes to rules, mm-hmm. right? We're going to talk about concentration and spell slots and rests and getting your spells back and upcasting and sometimes that's helpful and sometimes it has zero benefit other than I don't have any first level spell slots left <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. But um it also I think can it can kind of uh push you to have some interesting 
role play. Yeah, especially once resources start getting tight. Oh yeah, definitely. Relying on all your cantrips for everything. Speaking of spells, <laughs> speaking yeah, of spellcasting. Well, I mean, we have yeah, spellcasting. <laughs> the whole episode. Um, huh. let's talk. We're about... talking about spellcasting today. Yeah, we sure are. Um, you betcha. And <laughs> what better way to start us off than talking about? Hey, if I have a character, how do I know if I have mm-hmm. spells? How do I do I have spells? How do I know? Uh, it's listed in your class description. Uh, most of the classes will have like a chart or something saying what level you get, how whatever level of spell slots at. Um, and it gets a little weird when you're in. Um, when you start getting into multi-classing, like, cause if you multi-class with two different spellcasters, you still get the higher level slots, but you don't get the higher level spells that go with those slots. So you wind up having to upcast most everything, um, which is not a big deal, but it is something, you know, you could just kind of get used to it. I guess I, I've been multi-classing with Cal for a year now. Like, it's just something you, you know, it makes leveling up a little bit interesting, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Different classes have different whole sections in that portion of like the player's handbook. For example, it'll have a whole section on spell casting. It'll talk about how that particular class prepares their spells. For example, sometimes a sorcerer, you look in the table and it tells you exactly I'm at this level. I know this many spells and mm-hmm. it's cut and dry. Same with the, what's it called the bard but then you have others like maybe the druid the cleric where it'll say you know as many spells as fucking like your proficiency modifier plus your level of druid i forget the specifics but you add together a couple things about your character and that's the number of spells you can learn or at least prepare in that day yeah it's wild and then um you can't just swap your spells out willy-nilly either. Most classes will... Well, I, I hesitate to say most classes. Uh, druids and clerics can change their spells on a long rest. Mm-hmm. Sorcerers, warlocks um, can do it every time they level up. I think bards are the same way. Yeah. And then... Um, Who's left? Wizards. I think wizards can swap out on a long rest as well, or can they do it on a short rest? Because really, they're just switching stuff out in their spell book. Yeah, I think that it's on a long rest, you can swap out from your spell book. But okay. if it's not in your spell book, you can't do it unless it's the new level. Right. Yeah. Because, like, wizards can only, let's just, I'm picking round numbers. Wizards can only prepare, let's say, 10 spells at this level. But their spell book has like 15 spells. Then it's like, all right, pick 10 of them. Five of them get left behind until mm-hmm. potentially the next long rest. But you're stuck with those 15 until uh, you level up. Then you can swap one out for an appropriate level spell. And that's how it is for a lot of, with the exception of the whole spell book thing, which is bananas. Yeah. It really may, it gives you pause for thought when, you're, when you have a wizard in your party. And you're the DM, and you're like, damn, dude, any scroll I give them 
could have could essentially mean like this wizard just has this spell now. So like, if you don't have a wizard in the group, you could literally just be like, hey, here's this ninth level wizard spell just for fun because you'll get to cast it once and no big deal. And then you have a wizard in the group, and it's like absolutely not. It's totally different. (laughs) Need to think about that long term. (laughs) Not that you can't still do it and still give them scrolls and not like you know, it's fine. But um, so yeah, we talk about preparing spells, class spell lists. We kind of touched on already the idea that bards have a bard spell list, and when you're picking which spells to prepare and for your character to know and you're looking down the list, there's a bard-specific list, and Mm -hmm. you just choose from that. Unless a specific ability, whether it's a class ability, a feat, or something, tells you otherwise. Because sometimes you'll get something that says, like, you can learn one illusion spell from the wizard spell list. And then it's like, sick. Now I get to look up the wizard spells. I can pick a spell from there. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... That leads us into, so now I, my character knows my spells. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got my spell list. I have them all written down. Fantastic. So what's the deal? I just, I'm wheeling and dealing. I'm, I'm casting spells left and right. How does it work? Well, not, not exactly. So at each level, you gain a, more spell slots, basically. Um, and what a spell slot is, is like, Depending on the strength of the spell, it costs a higher level slot. So you'll start off with a couple of first level spell slots. And that's how many first level spells you can cast per long rest. With the exception being the warlock who, can, who refreshes on a short rest. But they only get two slots ever. Two spells. I think they might get a third at like level 17 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you get two spell slots as a warlock. You have two spells that you can cast. But the warlock's a, a spellcaster, though. Like, they can only cast two spells. Well, there are other spells, too. Cantrips. Mm, cantrips. What a funny word. It is a funny word. I've always been curious where that came from. Like, why that is what, like, level zero spells are called. Hmm. Yeah. It's basically, that's what it is. It's a level zero spell, an unleveled spell. Yep. Um, you can cast it over and over and over again. As many times as you want, maybe. Um, and there's a lot of really fun cantrips, too. Oh, big time. Um, minor illusion. The, I mean, the big three for me are minor illusion, prestidigitation, and thaumaturgy. That leads to all kind of fun RP shenanigans. Definitely good. But then also firebolt, shocking grasp, uh, sacred flame. Man, there's so many. There are so many. There's so many. You got, um, if you have somebody who doesn't have dark vision or you even just want to improve your vision, there's dancing lights or light. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of great RP scenarios with a ton of them, whether it's like mending guidance is a huge help. That's a common pick from a lot of groups. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel like guidance is good. I don't use it as much as I should or in, uh, in our campaign. Yeah. I feel like as long as it's like reasonable, then yeah, use it as much as possible. There are some times where it's like, there's no way in hell. <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm allowing this spell right now. <laughs> 
Uh, no, but I want to. I'm just gonna cast it real quick. <laughs> We're gonna. He's gonna sit there and stare at me and not attack while I spell while I cast the spell. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yep. And you gotta remember that it's a concentration spell. Mm-hmm. That's that's rough. Yeah, that one that does. Uh, that's kicking the pants sometimes. Yep. Um, speaking of spell slots and cantrips and stuff like that. So yeah, the cantrips don't Mm -hmm. ever expend a spell slot, but Mm -hmm. they do sort of level up with you, but it's based on your like character level. Um, right. And a cantrip will be able to do a ton more damage at higher levels, which is really nice because like I said, you don't have to use a spell slot. And because Mm -hmm. of that, if you use your, let's say, bonus action to cast Healing Word, you can then use your action to cast a cantrip. Yes. Very fun. Very good use of action economy. Let's, uh, let's talk about that for a second, though. Like, what do you mean I, I, you can only cast a cantrip as an action in that scenario? Well, Taylor, if that is your real <laughs> name. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, it's not. It's actually <laughs> stew. Damn it! Disappointing. Um. <laughs> so when it we are in like turn based, whether it's combat or turn based actions, where it's like, okay, I have my turn. Remember on the combat episode we talked about, you get your movement, your action, your bonus action. Well spells each spell is going to have listed underneath it whether you find this in the player's handbook or on a website it'll always have like casting time Mm. and that will most often be one action or one bonus action sometimes like shield one reaction Mm -hmm. sometimes it'll say one hour and it's like okay that spell takes an hour to cast but that's how long it takes for you to cast that spell. So if it takes an action, boom, that's your action is to cast that spell. And in D&D 5th edition, you can only cast one like leveled spell per turn. Mm-hmm. So if you use your action to cast Guiding Bolt, then your bonus action has to be either a cantrip or a non-spell casting thing. Like hide if you're yeah. a rogue somehow or whatever um and then vice versa is the same so if you use your bonus action to do mass healing word third level spell action has to be a cantrip sacred flame or right. something like that yeah and then a reaction is like an interesting way to cast two spells before it like all in one turn but the reaction sort of casts it counts differently in the sense that like it uses your reaction, yeah. so it's like not technically your turn when you do that. Right. Confusing, but yeah, that's why it's really on your to, turn. Uh, you can only cast one leveled spell. Exactly. Whether it be an action or a bonus action. Hundred percent right. All right. Yeah, that pretty much covers that. So we talked about spell slots a little bit, but let's talk briefly about upcasting. Because we've mentioned it okay. once or twice. Let's go into detail mm-hmm. about upcasting. Um, we talked about how so, you don't do it for cantrips. But what exactly right. is upcasting? When should I do it? When should I not do it? So upcasting is taking a lower level spell and casting it at a higher level in its basis form. So like 
Sacred Flame is a first level spell. It does one d. Sacred eight. Sacred Flame is a cantrip or guiding bolt. Guiding bolt. Guiding bolt. I meant to say. Um, I want to say it's one a d eight plus your modifier. Um, might be two. But then you could. But it could be two d eight. Um, so it starts off at two d eight plus your modifier, or might not be. Might not even be plus your modifier. Might be. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Either way, 2d8. If you cast it at first level, it's 2d8. If you cast it at second level, it's 3d8. At third level, it'll be 4d8. So every level, you add another die into the handful that you start throwing. So once you get up into six level spell slots and stuff like that, you know, you're going to be rolling uh, a lot of d8s. I'm not doing the math. I've already tripped down that rabbit hole once tonight. <laughs> Ain't going to do it again. <laughs> You're going to be rolling a bunch of dice. So basically, that's the long and short of it. Um, other spells that have cool upcasting properties are stuff like um, Hold Person, which mm -hmm. the higher level you get, the more people you can attack with that spell at the same time. Yep. So like, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, you, you get where I'm coming from with that. Yeah, same. Yeah. Invisibility is another one mm -hmm. uh, where you can target an, an additional creature. And then sometimes it'll change. Instead of like the number of targets, it'll change like the time. Like if you use um, the spell Modify Memory, mm -hmm. you can go further back right. in terms of what you're changing their memory to believe. Uh, or if you do a higher level casting of some of the conjuration spells, you'll be able to conjure like stronger monsters more or creatures or something. Strong. Yeah. 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 It's huge. Stronger, more it's big. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's upcasting in a nutshell is you just take a spell and cast it out a higher slot and it does more stuff. Sometimes read your spell text carefully. Cause like, mm. um, Spiritual weapon only uh, increases damage every two spell slots you upcast it. So it starts off at a second level spell, then it, it doesn't get stronger until you cast it at a fourth level spell. You can cast it at third level, but it's still going to do the same amount of damage as second level. Interesting. That's mm -hmm. good to know. It goes two, four, six. That's how those the the numbers stack up. Um, and each one is a just it's basically. For the most part, add a die for every level. Yep. Above what you're doing. Normally. If it's a damage spell. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, yeah, but definitely read your spell text. That's huge. You want to definitely, mm -hmm. whether you're the player or the dungeon master, because listen, dungeon master, you're going to be casting spells too. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to be getting spells cast against you. It is important for you to know the spells. As best you can. It's not like yeah. there's gonna come a time when like you're like don't Shit, I don't know that you don't spell. have to mem but right know where to you look don't have them to up. memorize them exactly know how to get to them know, know where how to, to look read them up. a spell text so like here I'll, mm -hmm. let me go through a spell text really quickly I'm I already have sure. a spell pulled up called Wind Walk from the Player's Handbook so here's what's okay. listed first off is the level of the spell and the school of magic that it's from which we're going to go over sixth level transmutation then it says casting time again we talked about this 
how long it takes to cast the spell. It says one minute. So it's going to take me one minute to cast this spell, which means if we're talking during combat, remember from last episode, one uh, minute is ten rounds of combat. That means everybody has had ten turns yeah. <laughs> before this spell is cast. So for the most part, something that lasts a minute is going to be mostly just useful in combat because otherwise it's just untenable to keep the spell up like um some cantrips and stuff like we were talking uh the other day uh with like some kind of what were we trying to do we were trying to do something stupid and you're like no 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 that's a cantrip you can't just <laughs> it's a cantrip that lasts a minute you can't oh, just keep can't casting keep it on prestidigitating yourself. the insects prestidigitating yeah your character yeah, got yeah, really yeah. into or the the reverse bugs got really into your character um mm-hmm. but yeah no cantrips are only so powerful the joy of upcasting so windwalk takes one minute to cast 10 rounds if you are in combat which you probably wouldn't cast this in combat. Hopefully not, and I'll tell you why. But anyway, the range is 30 feet. Oh, yeah. That's how far the range is. That's how far away you can cast it. Usually you want to read the spell text a little bit more and not just go 100% off of range because then in the spell text it'll say a 50-foot cube, a 10-foot cone. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like these other yeah signifiers to exactly what we're talking about sometimes you cast it on a a little point on the map and it's a 30 foot radius from that point and other times it's a 20 foot cube and you pick you know four by four grids but um wind walk 30 feet range says uh the components gosh should we go into components too this spells uh, yeah let's go ahead and just Let's touch on it. them at least so uh components for wind walk it's v s m and then i'll get into what m has specifically afterwards so v is visual no or v is vocal verbal. yeah verbal or vocal yeah. okay i always mix that up it's uh, it's verbal somatic and material verbal is pretty straightforward obviously um somatic means you have to do something with your hands or your body to do the spell so if you're restrained you can't necessarily cast it um and then uh material is like the actual material required to cast the spell this is basically what you're getting together when you're preparing your spells at the beginning of the day so for wind walk it's fire and holy water so you just got to have it on you yeah Mm -hmm. and there's different ways to do that because you have some things like spell focuses Mm -hmm. which will sort of take the place of a component like this because fire and holy water don't have any like monetary values next to them and you'll see that with some spells like um greater restoration or revivify will have like specifically it'll say like diamonds that equal this much gold that are consumed by the spell right so it'll be really clear if you have to like fork out money to cast that spell and that's also something maybe talk to your DM about or vice versa. DMs talk to your players mm-hmm. about what you expect when it comes to spell components. I'm kind of of the school of like you were saying with the arcane focus or something like that, that can take the place of like 
90% of the material components. I don't really like keeping track of all that little nitty gritty stuff. There are some people who are, and you know what? They're masochists, if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. I'm not keeping track of all these goddamn spell components. Yeah, no, I hear you. I like doing it as a PC every once in a while, Mm -hmm. just for flavor. Like, just making it a point to, like, if we're ever at a random shop, I'll just be like, oh, you know, I'm planning on learning this spell next turn, or next, like, level, and it needs, like, graveyard dust. I'll be like, I'll just make sure. I'll look out for a graveyard, and then I'll just be like an RP moment, you know? Right. But, yeah, I'm never, I'm never, as the DM especially, I'm never going as far as being like, okay, well, if you're casting message, where's your little copper wire? Right. <laughs> it says copper wire, where is it? Like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's crazy. Wind wall. Now, you need- I'm pretty strict about uh, costed, like, things that mm-hmm. cost money. Which is... I know, sometimes, like, different DMs handle things differently, but I'm pretty strict on that. Yeah. Yeah, because like revivify, um, especially is one of those for spells. resurrection spells. Yeah, where it's like you know it should cost money. It it should it should cost you something to be able to cast mm-hmm. that spell. Yeah, so verbal, you just got to say the spell, say some magic words, somatic, move your hands around in a interesting fashion. <laughs> uh, material components. If you decide to go in that route then these are the materials that you would pull out, mush together, and this would help you cast the spell. And then you have duration. That's how long the spell lasts and whether or not it requires concentration. Windwalk does not. We'll get into concentration after this. Mm -hmm. But this spell lasts eight hours, it says. So a pretty long time. Now I'm going to read the spell text and you'll maybe figure out why this would suck if somebody cast this on you in the middle of combat that you didn't want to just run away from. <laughs> uh, you and up to 10 willing creatures you can see within a range assume a gaseous form for the duration, appearing as wisps <laughs> of cloud. While in this cloud form, a creature has a flying speed of 300 feet and has resistance to damage from non-magical weapons. The only actions a creature can take in this form are the dash action or to revert to its normal form. Reverting takes one minute, during which time a creature is incapacitated and can't move. Oh, Until the spell ends, a creature can revert to cloud form, which also requires the one-minute transformation. If a creature is in cloud form and flying when the effect ends, the creature descends 60 feet per round for one minute until it lands which it does safely. If it can't land after one minute, the creature falls the remaining distance. And this is a mm. druid spell from the druid. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got confused at the beginning. When you... I, casting time and duration. Duration, a 10-round duration for a spell is generally a combat spell with a casting right. time of one action. Correct. So that's stuff like haste and slow stuff like that yeah yeah no this is different this is a uh gonna be primarily a a travel spell yeah a way to get from place a to place b very quickly um maybe even do so stealthily depending on the terrain and the environment Mm -hmm. however i have seen in a live play i've seen somebody not read their spell text and cast this spell right before a combat Mm -hmm. and 
not everybody was present for the casting of it. Oh, no. So a couple people did not turn into wisps of smoke that can move 300 feet. Some of them (laughs) were still themselves. And then every single character was like, "Uh, okay, I want to turn back into normal. And Matt Mercer's like, all right, cool. You can start the process. You're incapacitated and it's going to take 10 rounds. And they're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck, Keyleth? <laughs> <laughs> and you felt so bad for her. And then you could just see like this. Because like Marisha Ray, who plays Keyleth, and Matt Mercer are married in real life. So like mm-hmm. watching this little moment is like so scandalous. It feels <laughs> like the, there's a little bit of secondhand embarrassment going on of being like, oh, God, they're, what if they fight? <laughs> <laughs> like, because you could see her being like, oh, come on. And he's like, you didn't read the spell. <laughs> <laughs> right and it was just like oh god a little awkward but it was really funny and it just made me realize like she, eventually when it got back to her turn he let her drop the spell with her turn on everybody even though it's not a concentration spell so like I don't know if the ruling is kind of out on that right it is like her spell so like I don't know I think I would let a player and the spell that's i don't know um, man that the spell cast. text is pretty explicit well it doesn't explicitly say you Even, cannot turn it off well it's but it's not a concentration spell once it's cast it's cast i know i i well i think it would depend if on you're not situation. concentrating on it like that spell's out there man yeah but i feel like you could Shut off. Dispel magic. You could dispel magic. You could cast another spell to end it. Brutal. Yeah, I don't. I don't think (laughs) rule. I don't think written that way. I don't. I don't think it works like that. I think that was. It's a podcast, and Matt Mercer was like, "Okay, well, let's uh, let's just move (laughs) things along here." Yeah. That's and honestly probably in the moment as a DM, I probably I might have made the same decision, just because it's. This is one of those things where it's just kind of like DMs, like just kind of experience is just picky fights. He didn't. They didn't read the spell text all the way through. They didn't mean to do it, and it's like. Okay, fine, yeah. but you're gonna have to spend some kind of action economy or something to do it. Like it's gonna cost you to for do sure. That. Yeah, 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 definitely. But I definitely think that there are some spells out there that are weirdly written. Mm-hmm. There are gonna be times where there's for some sure. disagreements on how things work. So always uh, go into it with an open mind and uh, kind of. An ability to take some hits, like <laughs> not like criticism, like being able to take criticism, but kind of in the in that same vein of like, just be ready for the possibility that like it doesn't work the way you think it does, right? In terms of the spells and stuff like that, because that can happen sometimes in games, where one person is like very convinced that it works this way, and you're like, I don't know if that's what they meant, and then you have to come up to this come to this decision and we'll get into that on another episode in depth about like the hard parts about being a DM that Mm -hmm. are like not explicitly written in the rules where it's like 30 feet. It says your character can move 30 feet. I don't know what you want from me. (laughs) That's (laughs) nice and cut and dry. Right. Some things are like, 
not that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how do but, these two weird, obscure spells interact with each other? Like, that's the stuff. Oh, yeah. You gotta, you're gonna have to make a ruling and move on. Sometimes brevity's sake is best. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all depends on your table. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of some conflict, let's take a rest. <laughs> a short rest, that is. What is a short rest? <laughs> These are the questions oh, I ask geez. myself on a daily basis yep. as I reach into the fridge for an ice cold grapefruit <laughs> flavor. Don't you fucking fresco. say it. God damn it. <sighs> oh, man. We're not going to get sponsored. You know that, right? Like, they're, Fresca doesn't market anymore. They're just out there they for the 10 people that drink it. <laughs> and we'll keep drinking it. And soon after us, that'll be if all of us introduce Fresca to one person. Oh god! And then they introduce it to one person, and so on oh and so forth. God. Listen. So anyway, not... short rest <laughs> is <laughs> uh, basically it's. I think it's an hour of not doing stuff. Um. Yep. Basically, you can just sit on the ground. Like, I mean, you can, like, talk. And sometimes, for kind of game flow's sake, I'll allow, like, looting bodies and, you know, investigating a room or something like that. I'll let that count as a short rest. Sometimes just to kind of knock it out and get it out of the way. As long as it's not something you're not doing strenuous activity. Right. And you're not in any kind of like immediate danger. Um, just an hour of downtime, basically. Yeah. Um, there are some things that you can do. Tell me about them. Um, well, what can you, I can do? Sp- <laughs> you can spend hit dice on a short rest. Basically, that's every. Yeah, the, the hit dice. The hit dice are explained, or not explained, but uh, <laughs> enumerated at the beginning of the uh, class description. Um, every class gets, uh, one kind of hit die per level. So like if you're a monk, it's a D six, it's a D eight. Yeah. So you'll get one D eight plus your constitution modifier as your HP. That's like your HP modifier or HP pool. I'm pretty sure I know all the hit dice for all the classes. Quizman. Oh, um, warrior. Or fighter. Warrior. Warrior. <laughs> I'm like, thinking, damn. wow. Yeah, no. A fighter. Fighters are D10. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, what's a sorcerer? Sorcerer's D6. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not checking that. I'm taking your word for this. Uh, <laughs> is there anything with a D12? Barbarian. Barbarian's got the D12. That's okay, the only that makes one, sense. yeah. And then Paladin, um, I think, is the only other D10. Yeah, because clerics are eights. Clerics are eights. Bards are eights. Wizards are um, four. Or are they? Wizards right? are six. No, no six. Are six. A D six. Also. No, I don't think any that. That'd be kind of fucked Nothing's up. Nothing's four. That'd be crazy. That'd be, that'd be crazy dumb. Um. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So you'll get um for each in between each long rest, you'll get a number of dice according to or hit dice according to your uh class level. So a level three cleric would get three D eight per long rest. 
you can spend them at a short rest to roll and give yourself some health back is basically what it is. Yeah. But once you use them, that's it. You don't get any more until your next long rest. Correct. And I think rules is written on that long rest. I don't think you recharge a hundred percent of your hit dice. Really? I think it's only 50%. And I forget if you round down or round up. Hmm. That's interesting. Never knew that. I think it's supposed to be to stop people from like using a short rest every two seconds. Right. And just being like, well, I mean, eventually you rest now and I rest now. Because if you didn't have any hit dice, at some point you're like, fuck, okay. I got a long rest. I got to get some hit dice back. Right. But yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. So you have um, hit dice. So you're going to be able to get some health back without using spells or healing potions or anything like that. Then you got certain abilities will recharge on a short rest. Uh, mm-hmm. As we go into like super intense detail on different classes and later on episodes, um, we'll get into details and stuff like that. But for example, like a fighter's um, second wind, I believe comes back on a short rest. But then you also, if you are a warlock, you get your spell slots recharged. Mm-hmm. Very handy. But again, you only Very get two. Very handy. You only get two. And then eventually three. And I did look it up when we were talking about it before because I was super curious. Mm-hmm. They do eventually get four spell slots. They do eventually get four. What, 20? At 17. Oh, 17, 17 is the fourth. So what's the, when do they get the third one? 11. 11 okay yeah so if assuming phallus has gone which i think she has gone warlock all 11 levels then she will have a third spell slot nice very nice plus i gave gave her that magic item that gives her a couple extra like quote-unquote spell slots not right it's just spells spells that don't cost slots exactly one use per spell which is still sick Mm. I loved that item when I had it. I had a slightly different one, but but yeah. So long rest is going to give you the ability for pretty much everybody to get almost all of their abilities back. I say almost because there might be something weird, but some of them are like recharge at dawn, exactly of the next day yeah. or something like that. So there there can be some specific wording, but for the most part, semantics aside, long rest you're going to get everything back. Health goes back to 100% max health. You get, um, if you have a point of exhaustion, you can lose one point of exhaustion. Sometimes certain um, poisons or ailments will be fixed on a long rest, but don't count me for that because you never know. Yeah. Sometimes it's something more intense. But then you're also going to replenish all of your spell slots no matter what level you are, unless you have some kind of curse, but probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, that's a later episode. I know. That's a How later episode. How the fuck episode. with your players? Until then, just ask yourself, what did you do to deserve this curse? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next week, we cover more. How is it your lighting. fault? Yeah. <laughs> you sound cursed. Um, you sound awful cursed. <laughs> it's probably your fault. Now, there are some other ways to get your spell slots back that aren't included in... Uh, specifically in like short and long rest. For example, the sorcerer can get some spell slots back, right? Using sorcery points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I believe the wizard has some kind of arcane recovery sort of thing. Yep. 
Um, I think it's only certain subclasses of wizard get the arcane recovery. I don't know oh, if it's every subclass gets it. Interesting. I'm not sure. But I know that the, both of those have the ability to get some spell slots back. Mm-hmm. And then there's different magic items that can do that. You know, replenish a, yeah. a spell slot or something like that. And now you only have so many spell slots. You don't necessarily... I mean, obviously, each campaign is different. I would say I'd be wary of expecting a rest at any one time and starting to yeah. a game a little bit like that and be like, well, surely we're going to have a long rest soon. I can blow all these spell slots. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about... Don't be I like I understand me. that it happens. <laughs> I don't understand like that me. it happens yeah. sometimes naturally, you know? Because um, it is a game at the end of the day, so it's hard to not see it for the game that it is. But at the same time, uh, definitely be careful conserving your spells sometimes. A DM can throw multiple combats back-to-back until your entire party is completely wiped of resources, and now you're depending on melee attacks and cantrips. Cantrips, baby. Which, you know, maybe you'll pull it out, but maybe if you didn't blow high-level spells on the weak... NPCs and save them for the big guy might have paid off. Yeah. But Taylor, some spells don't count. This is confusing to me. Please explain. Some spells, mm. I'm just reading this now. This is hot off the press. Ooh. Uh-huh. Ah. Ooh, hot. Ah. Ooh. Ah. It's hot paper. Um, it says here you can cast some spells without using a spell slot. Mm-hmm. Please explain. And not cantrips. So I'm not confused. cantrips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, Please so explain. you. You can do what's called ritual casting. Um, what? Certain, yeah, so... <laughs> basically, um, rather than, you know, blowing a spell slot and casting it in an action, if you have the time, you can take 10 minutes and cast the spell as a ritual. There's only... I, I really think there's only certain spells that you can do this with. I don't think it's every single spell. Um, but basically, you'll spend 10 minutes of time basically preparing and kind of performing this kind of ritual or rite. And basically, that allows you to cast the spell without actually spending the resources to cast the spell. That's exactly right. Another interesting thing about ritual casting is that not all classes, even full spell casting classes, get ritual casting. By default, I mean. Mm-hmm. There is mm-hmm. a feat called literally called Ritual Caster where pretty much anybody, as long as you hit the prerequisite ability scores, can get Ritual Casting. But off the bat, it's Artificers, who we haven't covered yet specifically, but Artificers, Bards, Clerics, Druids, and Wizards. Just like everybody but Sorcerers and Warlocks. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Um, ooh, sorry, <laughs> but ooh. Ooh, ooh. um, ritual casting Not is bad. huge. Yeah. Ritual casting is so yeah. big. I just feel like I don't know. I hope that people use it as much as it should be used because, man, if I play a character who has ritual spells, I'm banging them out, dude. Especially if I'm a cleric, druid, or wizard, where you get to update your spell list more often. I was a bard 
where I was stuck with spells and I had to, and I didn't know like bards and sorcerers have like the same conundrum where like your spell lists are dope, but your character doesn't get to learn a ton of spells. Right. So like you really have to be choosy about which spells you're going to learn, especially magical secrets. Anyway. (laughs) So I'm sitting there and it's like, okay, I can only learn eight spells. So I got to pick a couple first level, a couple second level, blah, blah, blah. Make sure I have my bases covered. But then you want to put in a couple ritual spells because you can cast those whenever. Mm -hmm. But most ritual spells are like not something you're going to use during combat most of the time. That's not always true, but most of the time you're not. Yeah, there are some that are good for both. Yeah, yeah, some that you'll cast like both as a ritual and using a spell slot, like maybe detect magic, depending on how mm. the situation is. Urgent like, it are is, you, yeah. Urgent, perfect word. But then, like, the nice thing was I never have to use a spell slot on Liaman's tiny hut, but we always have it. Right. Like, literally any time we are traveling and we are not, like, in a f- medieval version of a hotel, mm-hmm. we have a safe, warm place to sleep. Yeah, man. Tiny Hut's a great so sick. Great spell. I had so much fun with it. That's not the one that gives you like the servants, right? That's No, dude. It's that's Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion. Magnificent Mansion. That's yeah, a good one. I know. I've never been high enough level to fucking cast it. Right? <laughs> it's like literally all I want in life. Isn't it like is to an play eighth or ninth level spell? Isn't it like super, it's super seventh. high level? Seventh level spell? Yeah. Seventh level. Yeah. So I've, I've never been high enough to be able to cast it, but I want like, to so badly. You have to be 13th. Level 13. Yeah. All, all I, one I class. You can't multi class yeah. and get there. All one class. And it's either, I, I could be wrong. I don't know about sorcerers, but I think it's only bards and wizards. Damn. I don't know if sorcerers can learn it, but. It's such a sick spell. I was going to spend, I was going to like have a whole 20 minute montage where I just describe every single facet of it, <laughs> especially if we had gotten to that level. You know what I mean? Like I would have right. known your guys' characters better. I could have like had custom rooms for you guys. I had to figure out what my servants were going to look like. Cause you can make them look like fucking, I could make them all look like raccoons. Like, uh, my little, my would be full of Mr. Me seeks. Terrifying. <laughs> That's terrifying. I think in real life, I would hate that. In, in, a, <laughs> in a D&D game, that would be very funny. But in, if the, in real life, I'd be like, yeah. I'm, I'll sleep outside. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't have another creature wa- run up to me and be like, Mr. Measies, <laughs> I'll help you. Just like, get away from me. <laughs> Can I get you anything? <laughs> no. Leave me alone. Um, that's ritual casting. That's ritual casting. Now, how do these spells work? So I'm the spellcaster. We've gone over. Mm-hmm. I've taken my rest, my spell slots. We talked about those. They're replenished. Mm-hmm. I have my spells. They're prepared. Mm-hmm. They're for my class spell list. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. I ritual casted a couple before, but now I'm trying to. I'm in combat. I'm thr- I'm slinging spells. Yeah. How do I know if it works? Okay. So you've got two different things that apply to your spell attacks. Either A, you're going to roll an attack roll, just like you were doing a melee or a ranged weapon attack, but rather than using whatever the 
dex or strength modifier, you can use your spellcasting modifier um, and your proficiency and add that to your roll. And then you're going to compare it to AC, just like you were doing a regular attack. Um, the other thing that you can do, and really what I really like about spells is because is that you can force the opponent to make a saving throw rather than making an attack against them. They have to defend against you, basically. Um, and so they would roll a die and do whatever saving throw, say dexterity saving throw. Um, and then you compare, compare it against your spell save difficulty class, spell save DC, um, which is, I want to say it's, is it eight, eight plus your spell casting modifier plus your uh, proficiency bonus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. In a nutshell. And that's it. In a nutshell. I'm more of a walnut man myself, but I'll I'll eat a pecan. Um, not a fan of people who say pecan. Um, uh, you don't like pecan pie? I like pecan pie. Mm. But an old friend of mine named Emerald Lagasse used to say, <laughs> pe pecans are for truck drivers. Pecans are for pies. <laughs> that makes no sense. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> no. A pecan. Oh. A trucker has to pee in a pecan. <laughs> Oh, God. Pecans are for truckers. Cons are for pies. It makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, Emerald's from, like, New York Louisiana. or something, isn't he? Oh, he's from Louisiana. I mean, oh, that's sort I don't know of, how the I hell he know, got pecan. I don't think he's born in Louisiana or anything. Okay. He's just, he worked at restaurants in Louisiana for a long time. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sounds like a northern thing to say. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> the cold's getting to your brain, man. I love it. It's actually finally starting to get nice out, and I'm so thrilled. Same. Bugs yeah, are dying, yeah. and it's, I, I, yeah, the weather's been really nice this week. Um, so, okay. so yeah, that's so, that's basically yeah. that's basically it uh, with spells and how they work, the mechanics of it, um, everything you need to know for casting, preparing, when do you get them back, what, how do you lose them. All of that stuff. I think we've covered all the, the, the bread and butter for spells. I think um, there's one thing we didn't cover, and it's just because it's that? written below Schools of Magic on our... Oh, uh, yeah. Notes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, I do want to end with the schools, because that's pretty much just, like, neat info to know. Don't, yeah. It's not a necessary thing. But concentration. This is huge. <laughs> you don't know how we yeah. we just didn't talk about it at all, but concentration. So it's because neither of us were paying any concentrating. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had no concentration. We're both like goddamn goldfish up here. No, um, concentration basically, um, jeez, is a spell effect that lasts longer than an action. So it's not like you're casting a a ball of lightning or something where it's just one hit and poof it's done it's you're putting an effect out like giving somebody haste um and you have to actually you know keep a part of your brain thinking about the spell basically for the duration of the spell um mm -hmm. otherwise the effect ends um you can only be concentrating on one thing at a time uh which People can argue this way and that or whatever. D&D &D 5e, 
you can only concentrate on one thing at a time. Um, if you are concentrating on a spell and you cast another concentration spell, the concentration on the first spell immediately ends and yep. you start doing, uh, start concentrating on the other spell. And this also counts for the ready action. If you are trying to ready a spell, that counts as concentration. It will wipe out whatever you're trying to concentrate on, even if it's not a concentration spell. 100%. And yeah, you just have to really pay attention to your spells. This is why you got to check those spell <laughs> texts. Read check the spell all text. the little Jesus tables, Christ. the little information that it lists there and stuff like that. Most of the time, concentration spells, like for m- some monster blocks, will do this, like stat blocks for monsters. Well, they'll put like an asterisk next to spells that require concentration just to sort of helpfully remind you, like, yeah, you can't cast both of these spells if you plan on them both existing. But yeah, the, you just have to pay attention because sometimes it's pretty self-explanatory, like a fireball doesn't need a concentration because you're just blasting it that one time. But then there are some spells that do last some time and they're not concentration. Yeah. Um, like long strider or aid. Um, spiritual or weapon. Something like that. Spiritual weapon is a good example. And yeah, it's just an important tool to keep in mind. It's very important for spellcasters. Now, not only is it going to be a limiter in terms of, oh, I, I already am concentrating on this spell, so I can't cast another one because I want to keep this spell up, yada, yada, yada. But also because you have to maintain that concentration and it's more Mm. than just potentially action economy. It also has a huge factor when you take damage Mm -hmm. while concentrating on a spell. So for example, if I'm concentrating on this spell and I take damage, I'm concentrating. My concentration might be broken because I just took that damage. So how do I resolve that to see if I did drop concentration? Well, I roll a concentration check which is essentially just a constitution saving throw. Roll the dice. Now, what's the DC? Well, (laughs) the DC is either 10 or half of the damage that you've taken, whichever is higher. Mm -hmm. That's what you're trying to hit. So if you take 18 damage, then that's half of that is a 9. 10 is obviously higher than 9, so 10 is what you're trying to hit with your constitution saving throw. If you hit it, fantastic. You still are concentrating on that spell. If you do not hit it, then you lose concentration. You drop that spell. It ends immediately. Casting fly on your friend, hey. They drop. Sayonara, buddy. People don't fly, man. Yeah, people don't fly. That shit's for the birds, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That shit's for the birds, dude. Uh, speaking of birds, you see that Aaron Rodgers got hurt for the Jets? Uh, no. I don't really follow football either. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) All right. So I think the last little bit of spell casting that we've got to get into, um, is the schools of magic. And this isn't something that's really necessarily going to come up all the time. But as a DM, you really should know what the different schools are because there are certain things like um, Dispel Magic, when, or not Dispel Magic, um, Detect Magic, the other D, Magic one. Um, mm-hmm. With Detect Magic, you 
not only find out that there is magic around you, but you also find out what school of magic it is. And um, that's going to basically be what type of spell is it? Um, is it uh, uh, some kind of detection spell? Is it a, a trap that's going to blow up in your face? Or something along those lines. And knowing the schools is going to be able to help you not only as a DM, but also as a player to kind of make informed decisions. So it's maybe not something that you need to need to know, like memorize right off the bat, but it's, you know, something I think should be rattling around in your skull, especially if we're going to be talking about spellcasting. We got to at least bring it up. Definitely. And like, there are a bunch of class abilities, mostly like subclass abilities that will mention a school of magic. For example, arcane trickster can only learn most of their spells from either the illusion school or the enchantment school of magics. And therefore you would need to look up which spells are in those two schools of magic. Mm -hmm. So I know what my boundaries are, but that's not like you were saying, that's not something you necessarily need to memorize, but it's definitely helpful just to have vibes of what the different schools are. That way when your DM mentions like a, colorful detail of like yeah you're sensing a little bit of like necromantic magic that you're like okay school of necromancy i gotcha dm yeah and you know and you can get real metagamey with it too like once you know the school that it's from sometimes you can make educated guesses on a class of what you're coming up against or or just yeah what spell actual like the actual spell that it is just by knowing what school it is there's a only really a handful of things that it really could be. Uh-huh. Um, so let's just let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. All right. Um the the first school of magic, um, one of my personal favorites, abjuration magic. Um, this is gonna be protection spells. Um you got shields, you got uh shield and <laughs> shield. No. <laughs> name, um, name one other abjuration spell. <laughs> Protection from evil and good. Okay. Um, <laughs> can, you, can you think of a really high level one? Put you on the spot. Can I think of a high level ab- abjuration spell? Um, nope. Uh, I got nothing. Anti magic field. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Or invulnerability. Bigger shield. You guys have had a potion of uh, that, I think, once in our game. Uh, I think it's still rattling around in my bag. Oh, God damn it. that's the problem i give you guys so many magic items and it's because you guys hoard them Uh and i'm like yeah yeah yeah. i don't think they have any extra potions i better i'm a man of options justin we've we've talked about this i'm a man of options tell me about i gotta know you gotta know (laughs) sounds like your main option gotta have gotta be ready to go (laughs) the main yeah i mean that is really it's a solid option i know really when you get down to it I gotta start using. I have to figure out a way to turn that to my advantage. I don't know. How. Yeah, just ma- taking advantage of the fact that you can't do opportunity attacks. It's the only thing that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really specific, but yes, abjuration, protection, shielding, good stuff. Yeah. Interestingly, and we'll get into it. Not necessarily healing, though. Common misconception sometimes. Mm. Very different. The next school of magic is conjuration. Now, this is one of my favorites. It is the pulling of rabbit from the hat. This is you're conjuring mm-hmm. something. You are uh, sort of changing 
the location from one to an another place. So you're like most of conjuration spells, it's almost like you're conjuring is an interesting way of thinking about it, but it's almost because teleportation also fits within the school of conjuration. So it's interesting because if you every time you cast conjure animals or conjure fae or woodland beings or elementals is plane shift conjuration it sure is okay so yeah it's basically it's that's what you're doing you're creating little wormholes pretty much yeah spirit guardians find familiar Mm -hmm. um and then like you said plane shift really high level spell it even goes as high as the wish spell which knock Mm. on wood none of my players will ever that makes sense (laughs) sense because you're gonna kill cal and then i'm gonna come back as a wizard and you're gonna be in trouble Oh, no, I'm never going to kill Cal um, <laughs> unless you roll terribly or something. Uh, yeah. But th- you have a wizard in the group. You, ca- you can eventually learn Wish, I'm pretty sure. So that, one way or another, uh, I'm going to have to deal with it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. <laughs> one way or another, I'm going to have to deal with it. But Oh, there's a storm a-brewing. Oh, it's a dark one, Harry. Good. <laughs> oh, um, man. All right. Uh, one little tiny fun fact. Banishment, not a conjuration spell. Mm. That's abjuration, baby. Isn't that wild? Interesting. That is that is interesting. Hey, man, we don't write the rules. We're just reporting on them live from That's CNN. That's right. <laughs> CNN. The Wolf Blitzer. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of reporting on stuff, um, the next school of magic is going to be divination. Oh, that worked really this, well. <laughs> this school basically is gives you information that f- about something um like uh so one of my favorite divination spells um is actually i think it's just divination it's just you do the thing basically it's a fourth level spell that allows you to ask the dm a question and the dm has to give you an honest answer it doesn't have to be like an answer that you're looking for and it can be kind of riddly tricksy mm-hmm. but at the same time you can just ask the DM a question, and it's a ritual. Um, yeah. So you don't have to cast a spell slot for it. This is true. Um, this is true. But then other other uh, good divination spells, uh, Scry, Classic. will allow you to, if you're familiar with a place or a person, you can basically create an invisible orb that lets you look around. Um, if somebody can see you, then it'll... Uh, then they can... Or if somebody can see through invisibility they can see that you're like spying on them exactly but um other than that uh it's a pretty good spell um really good locate creature locate object locate creature yeah 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 definitely huge huge uh out of combat spells um and a lot of the divination stuff is ritual castable so um you know that's definitely going to be good for advancing your plot and you know finding out more about your surroundings and stuff like that um not super handy in battle but you know there are there, i think there are some divination spells that are yeah, there are some that like, um, can be helpful in battle but it would maybe make more sense to cast it beforehand depending on the duration like right. if you had true seeing then it's like Oh, the yeah. this dragon cast greater invisibility on itself. It's like, well, at least one person can see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's helpful. But yeah, I think that's 
divination yeah divination, divination is a lot of fun i remember the first time i picked the augury second level spell mm-hmm. which just gives you a little bit of it's like you take out a thing of tarot cards or something like that and you um gives you a mini little reading and it just lets you know very similar to the ritual spell that you do on me all the time <laughs> where uh-huh. the dm has to tell you like the yeah, answer, divination, baby but augury is like i said second level it's not i don't eh, no it is ritual and it's you just learn if it's like good bad or just vague uh medium or whatever neutral but then yeah the next school of magic in my personal opinion this might be a hot take let me know how you feel about it i think this should be categorized as the evilest <laughs> school of magic and that is the school of enchantment and I'll tell you why. I mean, it's fucking mind control. I dude. see it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it fucking is. It's mind, mind control. control. You're enchanting people. You're charming them. You're getting them to do what you want against their will. Everything from mass suggestion, uh, lower level spells, hold person in sleep, modify memory, feeble mind. Hey, how about yeah. power word feeble kill? Feeble mind. It's such a good spell. Power word kill is an enchantment spell. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Why? Yeah. No, I mean, I get, I get, I get why you would think it's as evil. It is. It's bad. It's bad news. Incredible. Power word kill, which, by the way, if you're not familiar, it is a ninth level, the highest level spells that there are in the game. Power word kill is one of the most dreaded and feared spells because uh-huh. there is no saving throw. It is as simple as, I cast Power Word Kill on you. Do you have 100 hit points or less? You're dead. Not unconscious, dead. not rolling death saves. You're dead, dead. No saving throws. Dead, dead. And it's as simple as that. Ugh, Wild. so rough. Wild. That's, that's the one that you always keep at least one counterspell in your pocket for. Just in case. Just, just in case it comes up. Just in case. Get ready for some high level spellcasters coming your way but that's the school of enchantment in a nutshell that's okay I mean, man it's... by the time we get there i'll be and i'll be high enough sorcerer i'll be able to get counterspell my goddamn self <laughs> yeah then there'll be three people in the party who can counterspell me mm-hmm. and it's hard when it's a spell and also two with two or th- two with shield yeah and 20 plus ac mm-hmm. yeah it's rough it's rough. It's uh, cha- it's a uh, certainly a challenge. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, we're level eleven, though. Yeah, we're supposed to be strong. Yeah, somebody um gave me this advice in my support group about this. Actually, um, just keep drinking Fresca. Just keep <laughs> drinking Fresca and kind of just roll. How with dare the you? I was, I was in the middle of taking a drink myself. You of ice cold Fresca. <laughs> I, no, no, it's a, it's a Starbucks double shot. Oh, no. Vanilla. My enemy. I know. <laughs> yep. Everyone knows that the natural predator of <laughs> Fresca is Starbucks. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. so uh, the next school. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and keep on barreling through this. Um, the next school we're going to talk about is Evocation. Uh, this are these are your big flashy boom spells: fireball, call lightning, um, 
basically a, the elemental fuck you magic. I guess is the the way that I kind of think of it. Yep. Um, Plus uh, healing. Yeah. I, oh, healing's the evocation too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just like so, you're taking energy from inside and you're just pushing it the fuck out. Whether that's healing yeah. energy or fire energy or <laughs> lightning energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like prismatic spray. A spell a that one. did get counterspelled <laughs> in the battle against my evil bard. Mm. Yeah, that's that that's really good. <laughs> that makes me happy because that one has sucked. Yeah. Yeah, it did suck. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard when you have um uh spells that their range is exactly the same range as counterspell, so you have to get within counterspell range uh-huh. in order to cast your spell, and it's like, huh. So there's no workarounds here, I see. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's probably by design. Probably. But I've heard this is a risky thing, and I will only talk about it very briefly. <laughs> Don't get sidetracked, Justin. I'm ta- that's a note to myself. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I heard that there's a possibility in like a beta version of the D&D 1 or whatever the fuck they're calling the potential next edition at Wizards that mm-hmm. they're going to change how Counterspell works where it's not as simple. They're taking away a little bit of the metagaminess of counterspell and they're making it like a constitution check to see if you're powerful enough to counter a higher than third level spell slot. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. That way it's not like, so you can't just upcast it and be like, okay, well if it's like a ninth level fucking counter spell and be like, okay, well I'm gonna I can just delete spell. any magic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so, well, I don't know. I don't know the, all the details. I just thought that was an interesting topical. But, yeah, evocation is badass. Super intense. Counterspell's abjuration, right? <clears throat> Great question. I think Gotta so. Gotta be. Gotta be. Oop, I'll look that up really quick. Five, four, three, two, one. Computer, faster. <laughs> Thanks, Bing. Abjuration. Yep. God, Bing does it again. All right. School of Illusion is next. All right. Smoke and mirrors, baby. Just like it sounds. Yeah. Pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, yeah, yeah. You're manipulating what people are seeing, hearing, smelling, all different kinds of stuff. It can be as simple as the disguise self spell where you just make yourself look like a different fucking person. <laughs> Create a silent image. Um little more intense like things like invisibility hallucinatory terrain and then it can get as high level as uh programmed illusion major image there's a spell that i'm not 100 percent familiar with but i know that it's, it's an illusion spell and it's called weird have you ever heard of that one no it's not often that i get to explore ninth <laughs> level spells yeah um sounds yeah it's weird. got a pretty big range concentration spell lasts a minute um only takes an action to cast whiz save you create illusory creatures in the minds of the people that you're choosing uh each creature within a 30 foot radius sphere centered on a point makes the whiz save if they fail they become frightened for the duration 
The illusion looks like the creature's deepest fears, manifesting its worst nightmares as an implacable threat. I I hope that's a really good NPC spell. That's a really good NPC spell. At the end of each of the frightened creature's turns, it must succeed on a wisdom save or take 4d10 psychic damage. So, not only does it, it can, I mean, a 30 foot radius sphere is freaking huge. 60 foot Uh, diameter. You could easily hit an entire party. Wiz is one of those saves that most people are decent at. Mm-hmm. In like, if you're taking every single D and D PC in the universe, I feel like right. Wiz is one of those ones where players have come to expect that that's like a pretty common saving throw when it comes to spells. Yeah, wisdom and dexterity are probably the most common too. One hundred percent. But not only frightening them, but also potentially doing damage every single turn. Mm-hmm. And psychic damage is not often one that uh, people have resistances to. Yeah, it breaks through a lot of stuff. Yeah, sorry, barbarian. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But I mean, forty ten still not that bad. Like I feel like for a ninth level spell, forty ten's kind of meh damage wise. For sure, it, I like the, all the extra buffs and the the range and stuff like that. But the damage is not that great. No. It's a ninth level spell. You can't even upcast it. I know. And it's only available to wizards. Probably not a very commonly chosen spell. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Hmm. I really do see it working very well as an NPC thing, like a final battle and like big bad using that on the party to bring out their deepest, darkest fears. Yeah, for but sure. It's a great role play opportunity. For sure. Great. I just don't see using it unless the only other thing, the only way I would see myself using it as a PC would be as like crowd control. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Because 40, 10 to one enemy is not that great. If you have like 10 things in there, though, that's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. A hundred percent. Yeah. No one's wasting their ninth level spell on weird unless they can get a group of people clutched together. Right. And get them all frightened, hopefully. And you have a high enough spell save DC at that point to almost guarantee that at least half of them are going to get hit. Otherwise, it is right. a waste of a ninth level spell slot. But that's illusion. But that's illusions. Yep. Um, the next one uh, sounds really diabolical. And everybody, like, to the untrained eye, this would be the most evil, uh, is the necromancy. Mm-hmm school of magic but honestly most necromancy spells like false life and stuff like that is basically just ways to keep yourself alive when you should die um yeah false life which i just talked about is something that basically just gives you temporary hit points um there are i'm not very familiar with the necromancy spell list myself but I do know that there are some that will allow you to um, stay up. If you drop, if you're supposed to drop down to zero, they're zero the first time you stay up. Um, I think I, I think you're thinking about the there. spell Death Ward. Death Ward. Yep. I know that it's a fourth level spell. I'm looking up now. Misspelled Death. Justin, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> One too many A's. Death Ward is abjuration. Death Ward's Abjuration. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other, other spells also, that have the word death 
are all all the other ones are necromancy. Circle of no, Circle okay. of Death, Feign Death, which is another spell that I'm like, I can't that has to be so circumstantial to have a spell that's third level. I mean it is ritual. Uh but it just you appear dead. I don't I think that's really circumstantial. It could come in clutch in a huge way. I mean, if you're trying to like, um, like if you want to turn in a bounty or something like that, like show somebody, Oh yeah, this guy's dead and just (laughs) them not be dead. Like that's the old, that's one of, yeah. You're trying to sneak in somewhere and you're just like, yeah, on your side, I killed this guy. Like check his pulse. He's dead. Like this guy's dead, dead. He's dead. Um, and then you got finger of death. That sounds dirty. Oh, it is. It's bad news bears. Um, but you also have some ones similar to what you were saying. Necromancy is not all bad. Sometimes you're not necessarily dealing death. Sometimes you're playing with the concept of death. For example, animate dead. Or how about resurrection oh, yeah. even? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's pretty much boilerplate necromancer right there. Bringing back the dead. Yeah. <laughs> And at least resurrection, I think they're not like considered undead when you do it. Yeah, yeah, there is one. Are you sure? Because there is one where it like it brings them back, but they're still just like they're just a zombie now. Well, I know animate dead does that, but there's that's the one animate okay. dead. Yeah, will bring back skeletons or zombies. There's a necromancy spell called raise dead, which sounds just like animate dead right wrong animate mm-hmm. dead is i want to say third level raise dead is fifth level both necromancy however raise dead is uh it's like an improved revivify okay uh the body has to have been dead for no longer than 10 days oh cool the creature's Instead soul of, is, has to be willing minute. And at liberty to rejoin the body. So if the body's like in lava, no, no mm-hmm. way. That's what you got to go for resurrection for. You got to go way high level for that kind of stuff. If you don't have a body, you're looking at ninth level options at that point. <laughs> right. Um, and there's another one that kind of works well with that. It's like repose or something. Oh, gentle repose. Gentle repose, which basically it puts the body in stasis. So it can actually be longer than 10 days for certain things. So basically stops the clock. You are correct. The spell also effectively extends the time limit on raising the target from the dead. Since days spent under the influence of this spell don't count against the time limit of spells such as raise dead. Yeah. It's right in the spell text. Mm-hmm. That's another good one. And it's a ritual spell. But it's one of those spells where it's like, as if you're the player, it's hard. It's like, do I, you know, I just became, let's say, you know, fifth level. And I can get another second level spell. Do I pick gentle repose in case this really specific thing ever happens? Right. You got to ask yourself and you're kind of think about how intense is this campaign? <laughs> Are people dying left and right? Or can I take a chance? <laughs> a little risky. But our next and final school of magic is another fantastic one. I think one that's a lot of fun. Definitely, I think one of my favorite things about this school of magic is how much it can change, which is ironic, how much it can change based on your creativity 
and that is the school yeah. of transmutation, which is changing things, changing uh, one thing into a different thing, water into wine. Mm-hmm. So that is a use transmutation magic. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be really simple like something like that or it could be super advanced where you're even permanently changing something <laughs> into something else yeah um super low level spells and sometimes it, it, you have to think a little bit outside the box maybe changing one thing into another isn't 100 percent accurate for every transmutation spell but it's close because you have things like feather fall which is transmutation. It's like, uh, okay. Okay. Right, so you're, you're changing that person into a lighter version of that person. <laughs> so it's kind of right. And then, yeah. Yeah. Stone shape, gaseous form, polymorph, etherealness. Polymorph. There's a lot of really cool ones. All just depends. Yeah. I mean, this is another one of those that may come up in combat. They're really only, there's only a handful of them that I see. Yeah, I could think of a couple. Actually, in combat. Yeah, I could like I could, polymorph for sure all day. Polymorph, maybe is a big one. There's there's some that similarly um, to uh, I forget what school of magic we were talking about, but there are some that are like really good if you cast it at the very beginning of battle or maybe even right before combat, like jump Divination. or long strider. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have some really cool cantrips. I mean, shillelagh. Thorn Whip. Yeah. Uh, Thaumaturgy. Pretty sick. Not that you're using Thaumaturgy yeah, I, in combat, but... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thorn Whip is a good one. It's another good combat spell. Mm-hmm. Spike Growth. Um, oh, yeah. Fucking Blink. Fly. Really? Haste. Blink is not Conjuration. No. Because that's like plane shifting. I know. I know. Interesting. Um... Yeah, fly, haste, slow, lightning arrow. Never mind. I take back everything I said. Those are all combat spells, every <laughs> single one of those. I know. I'm, I'm going through the list right now, and I'm like looking at all the ones that would be good for this. Um, but yeah. You know, sometimes when we do this, I don't have a list or like my phone or anything in front of me. I just kind of sit here and talk with the outline. <laughs> and like, it shows. It shows. It shows. Um, Yes. Yeah, I can keep naming them. Uh, telekinesis, Bones of the Earth, which is the coolest name of a spell. <laughs> it kind of makes no <laughs> sense to me that they... Bones of the Earth. They decided to just have one spell be, like, so fucking cool of a name and then have other spells that are, like, transmute rock. And you're like, what? <laughs> cool. Bones of the Earth is a <laughs> sixth-level spell that calls forth six pillars of stone bursting from the ground. And, uh... Yeah, let me tell you what. If there's a ceiling, <laughs> squish, mm-hmm. wild, because um, you can put hmm. that pillar right underneath a creature, depending on the size of the creature, oh, and you yeah. can slam it into the ceiling. Wild. Uh, yeah, pretty circumstantial, but could be fun. Could be fun. Disintegrate. Could be, could be fun. And then some of the craziest ninth level spells in the universe: True Polymorph, oh, Time man. Stop. Yeah. Mass polymorph. You got some bangers. <laughs> you got some heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. some heavy hitters. 
Man, I remember watching some live action stuff, and when the characters got to the level where they had ninth level spells, it was like they're literally gods now. <laughs> like this is insane what they yeah. can do. Like them being in the middle of a fight and being like, "All right, cool." So I'm gonna true polymorph into a, I don't know, I guess like an adult black dragon, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my god!" Or like he, uh, the one time they became a uh, planetar. Which is like maybe not as strategic as a black as a dragon, but it was freaking cool. <laughs> Which, by the way, I feel like Five E and like wizards in general, they have so many supplemental books about fiends and devils and demons. Where's the Celestials one? I want to learn about the upper planes and all the different planes well, of existence. They're really leaning into the satanic panic shit. They uh, they is know what it is. More people are interested in the dark the darkness wow mm-hmm. ain't that the truth well i'll pray for him <laughs> yep <laughs> i'll pray for him dear raven queen <laughs> <laughs> i saw a black bird today i thought of you <laughs> yep turned out to be a turkey buzzard i love birds <clears throat> you love birds i do love birds my uh four out of my top five favorite animals are birds the only one who's cool. not a bird is a giant anteater but enough about that. <laughs> I think that's all we can get into this time. All right, if you say so. <laughs> uh, you can find us on TikTok at so you want to be a DM, or you can ask us a question at so you want to be a DM at gmail.com. Uh, join us next time for some more uh, Dungeon Master tips and or tricks. Bye.